This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to live their best life and become location independent. On this week's episode, I speak with Marsha Sharp, who is the head of Song Division's Global Sales and Marketing, as well as a wholesome food advocate. Marsha took a few twists and turns in her career, working in real estate, then in international media sales, where she represented brands such as Gucci, Marie Claire, and the New York Times. Marsha always thought that she would work and live in Australia, but her plans changed after meeting her husband, Andy. Marsha helped Andy create Song Division, a company that provides a unique team-building experience using music. Their company has since provided services in various locations internationally, such as the United States, United Kingdom, Asia, and Australia, and have worked with companies like Virgin, Microsoft, Condé Nast, and so much more. Since creating Song Division in 2003, Marsha and Andy have lived in various cities and today work remotely from their home in Maui. Throughout this journey, Marsha has learned how to say no to things that do not serve her core values. And having been diagnosed with endometriosis, Marsha has become an advocate of wholesome food and living that has helped her with chronic pain. Marsha is such a joy to talk to and she's had so much experience that we can all learn from. So I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I do. Marsha, thank you so much for joining me here today. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? Well, the, the offbeat part of my life is that we live in, in Hawaii, in Maui, and that was about a year and a half ago. We left Australia. My husband and I have a, have a music business, which is why we're able to be where we are, that we can run remotely. But well, he started the business in 2003 in Australia, and then um, we spent four years in New York, four years in Vegas, and the end game was always Maui. So we get to run a global business from our home office in Maui, which is amazing. I mean, most people, most people are like, why? Why do you live in Maui or how do you live in Maui? And it's just the drive to live here and, and be able to run a business. Before you started your company, because it's huge now, it's a really incredible company. What were you doing beforehand? I've had a sort of a windy path. Um, I started off in psychology. I worked in real estate for a little bit and then had a media background. But through all those careers, I, there was something missing. There was something my soul was yearning, um, and that was really connecting with people. I made some amazing friends and contacts, and I worked in advertising and real estate, but my day-to-day didn't fill my soul. What were the first steps that you took in order to transition from your nine-to-five to pursuing your company, Song Division? It was It was a slow process, so it was working on the business like so many people working on the business in the time that I wasn't working full-time so that's evenings and weekends really trying to test the market seeing if there's space for it a need for it and then gradually working down from my full-time role into a part-time role to a contracting role so um, I was really lucky with my advertising job that they were willing to sort of partner with me in a transition out they were very supportive which was great when did you know that you were finally ready to leave your job to pursue Song Division full-time? The honest truth is that I had a breakdown. It was just like I can't do two things at the same time. When I'm doing something, I give it my all. And so I was giving my all to advertising and I was giving my all to Song Division and it was just I couldn't 
do any more. It was beyond. And so it was, that was, that was kind of the line or that was the having to listen to my body that, hey, I can't, you can't do both things. You've got to choose. You've got to choose the path that you're going to go down and take that leap of faith, really, that it would work if I was in it full time. Achieving your goals and your dreams is obviously not easy. And you talked about having a breakdown and that's what finally led you to leave your nine to five. How do you usually handle stress and anxiety when you're faced with it? I'm not a great person with anxiety and stress. I'm working on it. Meditation definitely helps. Uh, If I don't meditate every day, I can feel more stress in my body, more anxiety in my body. And then exercise, I find, is a good way to just release that. It's that extra cortisol that's going on. And then talking to people too, having a listening ear. Um, Like I said, I work with my husband, so we bounce things off each other as well as our team. Even though everybody's remote and global, we have this amazing bond that I can pick up the phone at any time. And I guess being on an international clock, there's always someone to talk to any time of day. The guy in Singapore's awake or the girl in Sydney's awake. So we, we have this amazing network of friends, really. I mean, our company is very much like a family. We call each other a family. Talking about your husband, I mean, it's a pretty interesting way to do this. I mean, obviously, there's other husband and wives, partners who have created a business together. But how do you guys balance your relationship when you're creating this incredible company together? It's difficult. It's, it's, I mean, it's super fun, but it's also really difficult. When we, when we started working together, I tried to make some rules. Like we couldn't talk about work in the bedroom. And then we'd be in bed together and I'd be like, can you get out of bed and walk outside the door because I need to tell you something about work. And so very quickly that rule was dissipated and we, it's just this meld of life and work that works for us. You know, there was, a, there was a time actually when we moved to New York to launch the business as we were flying over, Lehman Brothers was crashing and every, it was 2008. And I went back to work in media for a little while just to pay the bills until we could get established in the US. And we found that we fought more when we weren't working together. So when I was working a completely separate job and he was running Song Division, we are just, we're better together when we're doing everything together. So it was an interesting finding for us. That is pretty interesting that you actually work well together as a team. I mean, obviously, because you have a great relationship. So it makes sense. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about your company, Song Division. Can you give us more information on it and what you do? Song Division connects people through the science of music, through the power of music. 95% of our work is with corporates. And it started off getting people to write songs together. And so we'll bring in amazing musicians. Say in London, we use guys that play with Kim Wilde and CeeLo Green and Rihanna. And America, we use guys that have played with David Bowie or Taylor Swift. So amazing session musicians into the corporate setting and getting the corporates to come up with original music and lyrics about the company conference theme or what their goals and objectives are. So it's really taking people out of that mindset of day-to-day, connecting them through music so you'll get the receptionist talking to the COO or the CEO about their favourite bands or what kind of music genres they like. So it's really taking away the, the silos and the barriers and getting people to connect. You have worked with a lot of really well-known bands and one of your clients is Sir Richard Branson, who's obviously the founder of Virgin. How do you approach these huge 
names in the business, what is that like to get a big client or even get a big band to work with you and your company? It's always humbling to be in the presence of somebody who's so successful. Richard Branson is an idol. You know, he's amazing what he's done. Um, even some of the musicians we've worked with, it's just you, I, you know, I, I kind of like I'm in awe of them. And then when you're with them, they're just normal and human and, and beautiful souls. So I guess when, you, when you're there on the day, you think nothing of it. And then you walk away and go, wow, you know, it was really funny with Richard. He was like, okay, I'm going to crowd surf. And he was, he was about to go forward. And we were all like, no, 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 you've got to go backwards. Like, you don't, you don't put your head for, you know, you sort of lie down and go back. He was like, okay. So we're like, wow, we taught Richard how to crowd surf. <laughs> he was such a great guy. The musicians we work with, everyone's been amazing occasionally you'll hit some egos but but overall again I think it's the music that really lets people get their guard down really connects them and and we just uh, we all have a great time looking back at everything that you've done through to now do you ever feel imposter syndrome (laughs) especially when you're working all over the world with these incredible talents Absolutely. Absolutely. Occasionally I just go, what am I doing? How am I doing this? You know, like sort of catch yourself. And then even, even being a mom, I've got a seven year old daughter and I just kind of go, oh my gosh, I'm all grown up. I have a child. Like I have to be responsible. You know, it's sort of, you kind of get this total impulse. I've never heard it called that imposter syndrome, but yeah, totally. And then, and then you've, you just got to talk yourself through it. Like I, I can do this. You know, we went through, especially the initial stages of the business, you just said yes to everything. And then you have to actually fulfill it you know you have to make it work and and there's a there's a huge amount of imposter syndrome then when you're sort of saying oh how how is this going to work and it does you have to have faith but totally absolutely you seem like a very busy woman you're a mom you have a company can you run us through what your average day looks like so it's up at 5, 5.30 if we haven't been traveling and we're not jet lagged, um, meditating and then getting my daughter ready and off to school and then just working through my schedule, appointments, meetings, death by email. We're trying to really reduce the amount of email that's going on uh, in our company. It's huge in terms of I think it's I think it's a global epidemic and problem. Everyone's sort of death by email. And then I think I mentioned to you, Debbie, too, I've started, I've just started a little food business on the side too, which is my other passion. So it's trying to now balance that into it. So yeah, so just juggling. I, there's no, there's no set routine to my day. It's kind of what's there, what's on my plate and getting through it. How are you able to balance all of these things with song division now for your food company and then also being a good mom what is that like for you with your day-to-day do you ever feel like it's too much (laughs) a little some someday like I go oh am I doing this but I feel like if I dropped any of those components I wouldn't be happy so I love first and foremost being a mom I love song division I love the team I love what we do and then food is my passion I'm so happy to be able to reach beyond my family and into the community, you know, sort of changing the lunch program at school, counseling people on their food issues, educating people, and then cooking, like doing a whole lot of meals and things like that for people. So I feel, honestly, I feel like if I lost one component, I wouldn't be happy. So the juggling right now works for me, I guess, until I have another breakdown and have to choose something. But at the moment it works and I'm sort of pinched myself in in the sense of like I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life like I couldn't ask for more very grateful for the positions we're in and what we're doing 
It sounds like a really incredible opportunity that you have with all of these different niches and markets that you're able to tap into and do it successfully. What has been the biggest setback you have encountered through all of this and how do you usually handle it? I have, I don't tell people this often, um, but my probably my biggest personal setback is endometriosis. I have a medical condition which has chronic pain. So that will really take me out for a couple of days and I've had six surgeries for it. I was told I wasn't going to be able to have children, so my daughter is an absolute blessing. Um, that really throws me, and overcoming that is is really is the people around me. Like I'm inspired and I'm motivated by supporting the team and fighting through the pain, really. So I try really hard not to take any painkillers because I know that's going to throw me out even more. And just ride through the pain so I can come out clearer on the other end and, and keep going. You are such a positive person, Marsha. And I'm sure no one, well, that's why not a lot of people know about this, about you, because I'm sure you just are super positive and you have light whenever you're around people. So that's really interesting to know. And you're able to deal with it and you have song division and your food company and you're an amazing mom. So it's not surprising. <laughs> that you have accomplished so much, even with that type of obstacle against you. What is the worst advice you have ever received? Probably just say yes. And I know I, I, I said that earlier myself. We said yes to everything in the beginning. But as I get older, realizing the importance of no, really setting boundaries, giving Space to yourself and family. I'd realized that every time I said yes to something outside, it was a sacrifice to my family, really, and my daughters. So I think, I guess, in the beginning, you have to say yes because you have to take all those opportunities and seize them and and really find out and navigate. But I guess, yeah, maybe that was the worst advice in the beginning. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess. You live and you learn. You are balancing so many things right now. Can you share one productivity tip that has worked for you? It's so, it's so funny because my husband is the most disciplined, organized person ever, and I'm not. You know, he's the clean one. I'm the messy one. I will fight putting something in a calendar. I will fight making everything orderly. And he's really taught me the importance of the calendar, and now I can't live without it. If it's not in there, it it doesn't exist or it gives me anxiety because you keep thinking, oh, this thing, this thing, this thing. And so live and live and breathing by my calendar is, is the way it operates and works for me. It also seems like you both have a really good balance with your personality. So that works as well. <laughs> how are you able to finance this chosen career at the start? And how do you continue to create income today? In the beginning, it was it was supported by us both working full time and using that money, taking each job as it came. But really, the start was self financing. People have talked about investors, especially in our early stages, but we always wanted to have control and not be dictated to by somebody else. So we rejected any financing and investor opportunities in the beginning, and we're really happy we've done that at this point. And then, you know, we go through seasons, we go through amazing quarters and we go through quieter quarters, just like any other business. So it's just riding those waves and, and managing it. We're lucky in the sense that we're pulling income from all over the world. So, you know, maybe Australia is not doing so well at, at a time, but the UK and Europe will be doing better or something like that. So we, 
it's sort of like we're hedging our bets everywhere, if that makes sense. How were you able to decide that you wanted your company to be global? That was really Andy's decision, and I'm really glad that he did. When I when we met each other, he he was working for IBM full time actually, and I was had a media career, and I thought we were going to get married, um, live in Sydney, and have a white picket fence. You know, that was the that were the stars in my eyes when I met him, and then sort of six months to eight months in, he was like, you know, this is, he'd started the business, but he was looking at leaving his job and, and everything sort of was kind of crazy. And then he talked about moving to New York. And so we went on a little trip to take a, take a look and see if I could live in New York and see if we could make that work. And so it was really him spearheading the move. I don't know if I would have done it alone, to be honest. You know, I'd fantasized about moving to Europe and doing those kinds of things, but I was very, very comfortable in my advertising job at the same time. So, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful that this path has taken us to where we are now. It's amazing what can happen when there's one person that supports you and you support each other where you will both be able to go and what that can lead, right? So you probably wouldn't have thought this 15 years ago, however long it was that this would lead you in Maui. (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, no way, no way 20 years ago would I thought I'd be living in Maui and and, and feeling like I'm home. You know, the moment we, we came here maybe eight years ago, seven years ago, we had an event on Maui. We had to come and find some musicians and just check out the place, which is one of the amazing perks of our job is that we get to travel so much and see so many places. But as soon as we landed here, we both looked at each other and went, oh, my gosh, this is home. My husband's a surfer, so he couldn't be happier. There was When we lived in Las Vegas, there was no surf to be had for him. So... Yeah, it was really a calling. We were both meant to be here. And it's definitely a paradise. So <laughs> good move. <laughs> Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? The legacy I'd like to leave. I love working with children. I've always I always have I've always had some component of my life being with children and I think it's it's really teaching them to trust themselves, to trust their instinct, really listening in. I'm not sure if that answers the question, but I guess helping people and teaching people to to connect to themselves. That sounds like a good legacy, Marsha. <laughs> Let's get to some fun questions. Some people, like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like you and hiking. What about you? What do you nerd out on? I nerd out on cooking. I just, I'm not happy if I'm not tinkering with something or making something. I dream about food. I dream about this would work well with this and then I have to wake up and do it. I totally nerd out on food. If I go to someone's house, I'm not, I'm not looking at anything else but your like cookbooks, you know, like I nerd out on food. <laughs> That's a good thing to nerd out on. I love food as well. <laughs> If you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl that you can't sell with the potential to reach millions, what would you fill it with? Looking after our environment. I'm also really passionate about just taking care, using less plastic and consumption. If I can help people be more aware about what they're doing and using and being more environmentally conscious, that's what I would do. What is the most unusual job you've ever had and what did you learn from it? 
The most unusual job I had was working on a building site. I had my own tool belt and I was, and I, you, you can't see me, but I'm sort of a, quite a small frame person. So it didn't really fit me, but it was interesting. Um, and I learned that I'm allergic to sawdust. So it wasn't a great place for me. I was sneezing and coughing and not coping with it, but it was fun at the same time. That's a good reason not to do any work <laughs> on house. I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm allergic. Yeah. <laughs> Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing meeting you have ever encountered? Probably the most profound was in my advertising career. I met the then publisher of Travel and Leisure magazine. This is the publisher who's the advertising director, but he was, you know, it was my first meeting with somebody really big, high profile and inspiring. Um, his name's Jay Pucarellis and I connected with him. I was recently in New York and I met with him again and it was just amazing to be like, I've put you on this pedestal for so long and here you are now. And actually he's digressed into the food movement too. So it's amazing to have that in common with him. But I was just in awe of him and, and literally I, I met him in our office. He came in and met the team and then he was going to another meeting somewhere and I was like, can I follow you? Can I just like accompany you and be in your presence and just learn. I just wanted to soak everything up from this man. You know, he was very inspiring and still is today. That sounds like an amazing meeting with someone and it still is inspiring today. So what did you learn when you followed him around? <laughs> I mean, we talked a lot of food. We're both really passionate about food. And, and it was I, it was even before I realized that I was so passionate about it. But I think I think what I learned from him was it was tenacity. You, you just don't give up. You just keep going. Um, you know, we were in advertising, so it was it was a challenge, you know, for me to be able to sell Travel and Leisure magazine in Australia because it's such an expensive magazine and so far away from Australia. But I was passionate about the magazine. I was passionate about what its mission was. And so he was really um, motivating and we were able to do like a, a really big insert impact with Sydney in it many years ago and it was a real milestone for me and my career. What are you working on today that's really exciting to you? I'm putting together some kids cooking classes so I've um, I'm really into no sugar no dairy no wheat like trying to avoid all the allergens that people have and teaching kids how to live and eat in a better way. Yeah that's that's kind of been my like side job at the moment is putting together some kids cooking courses. That sounds like a fantastic course to, to do. So whoever's in Maui, definitely do that. <laughs> if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Song Division is, I don't have a website for my cooking business. I'm almost, I, I know it's very anti the world, but I'm almost tempted not to. I've, I've grown, I'm at sort of capacity with the cooking now. So I'm just sort of keeping it under the radar. But yeah, Song Division is the place to find me. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marsha, for talking to me today. I really appreciate all the knowledge you gave us. Thanks, Debbie. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Marsha. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Marsha where she shares how to follow and listen to your intuition.